Amen, amen. I don't know about you, but I needed to be reminded tonight that my heavenly Father takes me as I am and that he has removed my shame. How many of you would just give a praise offering unto God for taking us as we are? Removing the guilt and shame of so many of our sins, our past sins, tonight's sins. Come on, somebody. I am so thankful. I am so thankful. And it is, it is an extreme privilege and an honor to be with you this evening, Hope Church family. It is an honor. Um, I have been a huge fan of Hope Church for a long time. I've been influenced greatly by your pastor, Pastor Vance Pittman. How many of you are thankful for your pastor, for your senior leader? Uh, You've probably heard him say this many times, but I just wanna share just a couple influential things that he shared over the years, not with me directly, but from afar. He said things like, you know that you've heard from God. You know that you've heard from God when you get a word from the word when you have a sense of peace and a sense of rightness about how God is leading you. And those are words that have impacted my life deeply. Just last Sunday at our church in Oakland, I shared some of those words with our church family. Uh, Pastor Vance is also famously known for saying that we are, before being called to ministry, we are called to intimacy. And ministry flows out of our intimate time with the Savior. And so it is a privilege to be able to share with the church body uh, that Pastor Vance has so faithfully led for 20 years. Now, one more time for Pastor Vance and the leadership team. I'm also very thankful for uh, Pastor Teddy and Pastor Scott and Hope Creative. How many of you are thankful for the music ministry and the creative ministry here at the church? Um, our uh, church has been going for about seven years now, and we don't quite have all of the production and all the things. And so during this time of the pandemic, Uh, And going to virtual services, uh, we did not have the technology to be able to record our worship team and things of that nature. And so we have been um, using, stealing the worship sets of various churches across the country. And so there was one weekend in particular where Hope Creative led our little church that could, the Movement Church in Oakland, California, in worship. And we are so thankful uh, for the music ministry and, and how it touches so many people around the world. And, and lastly, uh, I just, I just want to say thank you to you. For so many times, you've probably heard it said that when you give, you don't give to Hope Church, you give through Hope Church. And you just have to know that there's a church plant in Oakland, California, that is reaching people who are far from God, that is uh, reigniting the faith of those who at one point loved Jesus and worshiped Jesus. And in large part, that church is going and that church is strong because you so faithfully give. You are so committed to not just the church, but the kingdom of God at large. And there are so many churches all across this country, all across the world that are impacted by your faithfulness in giving your kingdom mentality, and so I want to thank you for that, and I figure the best way 
I could really say thank you for all that Hope Church has meant to my life and the life of our church is by serving you well tonight, speaking on the topic of prayer. You are in this series entitled, If My People. And Pastor Vance kicked off that series just last week. And one of his opening statements, he said this. Uh, He said, the greatest weapon we have been given in the fight to change the world is prayer. And started off your series so strong by going through that passage. And as I was given the assignment this weekend uh, to continue in this series, one verse came into mind in particular. And it's a verse that we're going to do a deep dive into tonight. Many of you are familiar with it. And Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians, he says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Pray without ceasing. Now, what does that mean? (laughs) Like, are we really supposed to never stop praying I mean, is that really what this New Testament imperative is? And so I just want to spend, I'm going to spend just a couple minutes, just a couple minutes, very shortly here to uh, unpack and to interpret the verse because the verse is not too difficult to interpret. Then I'll spend the balance of my time helping us apply the verse. But just so we have a, a true understanding of what Paul's saying when he says, pray without ceasing, Uh, we can go to another passage in Romans where he uses the same Greek words when he talks about without ceasing, and he says, for God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing, I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will, I may now at least succeed in coming to you. He mentioned The church there at Rome without ceasing. I mention you always. And so what we're talking about here is we're not talking about a necessarily non-stop because it would be unrealistic to say that every prayer that came out of Paul's mouth was for those folks in Rome. But what we are talking about is we're talking about repeatedly. We're talking about often. We're talking about frequent prayer. Pray frequently, repeatedly, often. This is the New Testament imperative. It's not a suggestion. It's not a if you want to. Paul's command to that New Testament church would be the same for us. Pray repeatedly. Pray often. Pray frequently. And so it's from that understanding of the text that I want to have uh, our tension question for tonight. Uh, Every single time I I, I preach, I like to ask a question that hopefully uh, you're interested in the answer to, and then I know the scriptures provide the answer to, and that question is simply this, how? How? How can we follow this New Testament imperative to pray all the time, to pray frequently, to pray often? How can we do this? And before I I get into some hopefully practical handles into how we can do this, I want to share with you why, really quick, I believe this question needs answering. 
Uh, I call it my, my burden, why I hope you lean in, why I hope you take what we talk about this weekend seriously. And the first burden I have for this topic is that sustained personal and corporate prayer is elusive. It's hard. How many of you would say praying over extended periods of time, praying throughout the day can be difficult? Someone say amen. Amen. How many of you have ever put yourself to sleep praying? Come on, somebody. (laughs) Not just me, right? And if you think about that, it's like, what's going on? I'm talking to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and for whatever reason, it's, it's doing that that puts me to bed. It's doing that that helps me go night-night. What, what is going on? Why is prayer so hard? Why do we have to do 21 days of prayer knowing that? Because we probably can't handle much more than that. Now, I know here at Hope Church that your pastor leadership team has led you very well to uh, grow deeper in prayer. I'm so thankful. I, I mean, I, I hope you can appreciate the fact that the leadership of this church pulls out a significant time during your weekend gatherings to pray. How many of you are thankful for that? That yes, 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 to commune with God. And so I praise God for for how you're doing that corporately, but I know if you're anything like me, personal prayer can be elusive. One of my uh, favorite pastors, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, he actually says it this way. He says that everything we do in the Christian life is easier than prayer. Giving is actually easier, can be easier than prayer. Forgiving can be easier than prayer. Going to church can be easier than prayer. So you just need to know Uh, And you felt it already, and it's why we need to answer this question. Prayer is difficult. Sustained prayer is difficult. Another burden I have, and I think a reason why prayer is difficult, is because um, oftentimes prayer is a knee-jerk reaction to difficulty rather than a proactive pursuit of intimacy. How many of you would, would agree to that sentiment? Most times when I pray, I am responding to an immediate need that I have. I'm feeling sick. Someone in my family is sick. A financial situation is really difficult. And so I respond to the difficulty in prayer. That's when I find myself praying most. But if everything's okay, I don't necessarily find myself proactively seeking an intimate relationship with the Lord through prayer. It could just be reactive as opposed to proactive. And uh, this breaks my heart, and it breaks my heart not because this is the condition of the church as a whole. I just know, having grown up in church, this was my condition. For me, my heavenly father was more like a genie who I wanted to request the things I needed, the things I wanted, than a heavenly father that I just wanted to be with and adore and love. How many of you can relate to seeing God at times as, are you there? <laughs> Rub the bottle. Financially, Lord, I, 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 if you come through for me, I promise, this one time, oh, none of you, just me. If you heal me of this, if you provide this, 
if you help me with this and nothing wrong with that. The Lord loves when we ask for things, but what has broken my heart about myself mostly is that it's so oftentimes just a knee-jerk reaction to difficulty. Lastly, and I don't know if this is this church, but I know most Christians, uh, as it relates to my burdens, would rather hear another sermon on the importance of prayer than actually pray. (laughs) How do you know if this might be true about you? Well, if I said, we're just going to spend the rest of our time praying tonight. Nothing else to be said here. We're just going to spend the rest of our time praying. I think if we're being honest, many of you would be like, oh, man. I wanted to, like, hear about why prayer is important. It's amazing that we'd rather hear from, like, a frail human being about prayer than speak to the God of the universe in prayer. What is is up with that? If I said, let's pray, turn off the TV, let's just pray, it'd be like, okay, I guess. Or some of you, when that prayer moment comes, and and I, I don't know, maybe just some of you, but it's like, oh, I just, can we just sing another song there? Like, just come on. And so how? Hopefully we see at this point, this is an important question to answer. How can we make constant prayer reality in our lives? Well, I want to give you tonight three keys to praying without ceasing. Three keys to praying without ceasing, hopefully very practical handles. And I want to give them to you out front. I want to give them to you out front, and then we'll work through them one at a time, and then we will end our time together in prayer. And so let me just give you all three keys right out front. We're going to talk about awe of God's attributes. If we had a deeper awe in the attributes of God, we could probably pray more often than we currently are. If we had a deeper appreciation for God's goodness, we would probably pray more frequently than we currently do. And if we had an awareness of the war, we'll close with that concept, that principle, uh, we would probably pray more frequently. Now, these three concepts, these three principles, these three keys for praying without ceasing, I just got to let you know, these aren't things that I necessarily read in a book somewhere. Uh, These aren't things that uh, I'm just preaching to you because I'm a pastor and that's what I do. I want to let you know, these are three things that by experience, by the grace of God, has led me to become someone who prays more often than he used to. And so many ways, this is just a testimony tonight of how God has turned a young man who grew up in the church, who saw prayer as my way to get what I wanted in the world, to an act of worship, to something I do really just because I love God. And so how did I get there? Now, a book did help out to start. There was a book that helped out, and it was Tim Keller's book on prayer. And before I get into the first awe of God's attributes, I just want to draw your attention to something really quickly here. He identifies three types of prayer. Inward prayer Lord, forgive me of my sins. I repent for what I did. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. Confess, confess, confess. Inward prayer. How many of you pray inward prayers? Say amen. Amen. Outward prayers. Traveling mercies. Hedge of protection. 
healing, provision, supplication, praying for mommy, praying for daddy, praying for the kids. I'm, I'm intercessing. I'm praying in the gap. I'm standing in the gap for someone else. That's outward prayer. And then last but not least, I think it's the type of prayer that I know for myself I was least comfortable with, least familiar with, upward prayer. When we talk about upward prayer, we're talking about two types, praise for who God is, thanksgiving for what God's done. And we talk, when we say the first key is to have an awe of God's attributes, what we're talking about is praise. When I talk about uh, awareness of God's goodness or appreciation for God's goodness, what we're talking about is thanksgiving. And the last key, awareness of the war, or sorry, uh, what am I saying here? Yeah, awareness of the war, that is outward prayer. And so I want to start with praise, awe of God's attributes. And this isn't just like something good to do based on because we think this is something good to do. If we look at Jesus' prescription for how to pray, let's take a look at it in Matthew. There are a lot of things that are described in the Bible. There are a lot of things that are implied in the scriptures. But I love the prescriptions because it helps me, okay, and this is where Jesus is with his disciples. He says, when you pray, don't babble on and on as Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. And then he says, this is how you pray. For those of you who have ever struggled with prayer, Praying consistently. I'm so glad. Jesus tells us straight on, this is how you do it. And we're so familiar with these words. I'm going to give it to you in the New Living Translations. He says, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Praising God as Father Praising God as holy, one of the attributes of God. Hallowed be your name. Holy be your name. You are a cut above the rest. You are separate from them all. And I would just wonder tonight how often in our lives, how often just this week when it came to prayer, did you spend time just praising the Lord for who he is? just extolling unto God his attributes. And I think the challenge with this, I know the challenge was for me, and so I wanna say the challenge to praise, for many of us, praying without ceasing is difficult because our ability to articulate the attributes of God is limited. How many of you get stuck after like, good? <laughs> God, you're so good. God, you're so loving. And you just fall asleep, right? Because that's about all I got. He's good. He's loving. He's gracious. And so just as a tool, just as a resource, I love A.W. Tozer and his work around the attributes of God. Might want to pick that up. And I just want to put a few on the screen here now. And my prayer life, my ability to pray without ceasing got turned upside down when I had more words to describe this God whom I love so much. Infinite. Alpha, omega, the beginning, the end, immense, he's big, he's good. You know your heavenly father is good entirely. 
Nothing bad about God at all. He doesn't know how to be bad. He's just, I don't know how it's incredible, and his justice is in no way in any sort of competition with his mercy. 100% just, 100% merciful. He's wise, and I like the combination of wise and um, omniscient. So he's wise, and he's all-knowing, and he's all-powerful. And so there's a lot of people who are wise, but how many of you know some people apply their wisdom wrongly? You know, doctors are very wise, but sometimes they apply what they know in a wrong way. What I love about our Heavenly Father God is he has all the wisdom in the world and because he's all-knowing every single time, he applies his wisdom accurately. How many of you are thankful for a God who's all-knowing, wise? And so he, he knows what's going on in your life right now. He knows why uh, whatever you want to come into your life is not in your life. He knows why what's going in our world and, and the political strain and, and this virus. He knows. God, why haven't you made the, vi- uh, the vaccine available now? He knows. He knows. He's immutable. He's, he's never changing. The same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's faithful. How many of you are thankful for the faithfulness of God in your life? The faithfulness of God in your marriage? The faithfulness of God in this church? Can I just tell you, when I learned to put off on asking for things in my times of prayer... And I started just telling God and praising God for who he is. It changed everything. Because when you tell God, you are Jehovah Jireh, my provider. You don't feel any need to ask for financial provision because you already told him who he is. And because that's who you are, I know and can trust what you're about to do. And so praise, we praise, we start our times of prayer and we could pray more frequently when you have the attributes of God in your belt. Is that helpful for anyone tonight? And so outside of the attributes, what what helped me in my walk with Jesus and praying more frequently, I then, number two, appreciation for God's goodness coming up on Thanksgiving here. I know Pastor Travis is going to be uh, doing a deeper dive into uh, praying as it relates to gratitude next week. But in this passage in particular, this passage about praying without ceasing, what immediately follows that phrase? Be thankful in all circumstances. I think we would have an easier time praying without ceasing if gratitude was on our hearts. After I praise God for who he is, I thank God for what he's done. But let me tell you why I believe gratitude does not come as easy as we would like it to come. I I put it this way in terms of the challenge to thanksgiving. For many of us, praying without ceasing is difficult because we feel entitled to so much, we express thanksgiving for very little. 
I think our entitlement gets in the way of having a a perpetual posture of gratitude. As you drove to church today, was there gratitude for the car that you drove in? As you pulled up and, and the people greeted you, was there gratitude that there's people to greet? Was there gratitude for the fact that my church is gathering? Was there gratitude for the fact that we have masks and, and there is screens and I just think nothing's amazing to us anymore. The mundane has ceased being a miracle. Did you think about today how you were breathing and the meals that you sat down to eat? At any point, as you ate wonderful meals this week, I mean, I love living in Oakland. We've just got all the different types of food from all the different types of cultures. And I just praise God that by his grace and by the power of his spirit, the food that I eat and that I get to eat every single day for whatever reason, there's just this awareness that it is a miracle that I get to eat as good as I do. When's the last time I know the kids have been difficult and I know you're homeschooling and you didn't want to be a teacher, but when's the last time you looked at your children and said, thank you, God, in the midst of how difficult, in the midst of how challenging, in the midst of how costly they are. Come on, somebody. I praise you, God, for my children. I praise you, God, for my spouse. Come on. That person married you. Are you kidding me? When's the last time it blew you away that that person actually married you and is sticking by your side? I believe to give thanks in all circumstances, it's not just the big things, but it's the little things. The little things that we get to experience, the technology in our hands. Google, at any point, you have access to whatever. The freedom to worship. How many people around the world have to hide out in worship? When was the last time you were just able to still your heart and praise God that I could gather with the church family, I could proclaim what I believe without having to hide it? Give thanks in all circumstances. See, if I handed out to you tonight, if I went to every single person, I don't know, and I just said, here's $20,000. Oh, this is slipping off here. $20,000 to each of you. Something tells me you'd express some gratitude. Come on, somebody. But why would you express gratitude? Because there would be this overwhelming realization that I don't deserve and I have not earned what's been given to me. I don't know this guy, Ed, and he gave me $20,000. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'd probably get a thank you note in the mail. You'd probably contact, thank. But I think what happens with God, our blessings have become so familiar that we cease to give thanks in all circumstances. And you know, for those of you who wonder, you know, oh, what's God's will? What's God's will in my life? Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so this is how we could pray. 
Okay, hold on here. This is just... Okay. We'll just do this. So, uh, giving thanks. So that's number two, appreciation for God's blessings. Very lastly here, uh, awareness of the war. Okay. Sorry. Right on. Awareness of the war. And we'll uh, shut her down with this here. And I just pray that by the Spirit of God, God would use these next few moments um, to speak to you. Because I think uh, praying without ceasing would be more of a reality in our lives. For sure, if we are aware, more aware of, of the war that we find ourselves in. Now, it's interesting. The context of this verse, a verse that many of you are familiar with, pray without ceasing, give thanks, rejoice always. It actually comes on the heels of another imperative uh, to New Testament Christians. Let's see what it says. It says, see that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. How many of you would say that not repaying evil for evil is a spiritual battle. That is not something we can do in our own strength. And so Paul follows up the imperative to not repay evil for evil with the prescription to pray without ceasing. Paul was aware that to to follow a command like this, to not repay evil for evil, you're probably going to have to be praying. And the verse that's more popularly known, it more helps us understand the the times we find ourselves in is Ephesians 6.10. Paul writes this, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Our struggle... The struggle you have internally, the struggle you have in your family, the struggle we have with reaching unbelievers, the struggle we have in this country, ultimately is a struggle against powers of this dark world and spiritual forces of evil. And I just wonder, I just wonder how much we see the struggles that we are going through, the problems that we face, financial, spiritual, emotional, relational as being spiritual problems that there's a war that is going on a war for your soul a war for your family was so encouraged by a message that pastor vance gave i believe um, at least i heard it about a year ago when he actually gave a message about the devil how many of you remember that message about a very real enemy And so we find ourselves in a very real war and the challenge to petitioning, the challenge to praying uh, more often is simply this. Praying without ceasing is difficult because we have failed to see spiritual warfare as real. And I think the more we saw spiritual warfare as real, the more frequently we would pray. 
See, if you saw the, the issues that you're having with your spouse, not as just, oh, he needs to change, she needs to change, but as there is a war for our unity, because if the enemy can separate us, he can mar God's love for his people and his people's response to him, because that's what marriage is supposed to mirror. And so I don't just need to try harder, I need to pray more frequently that God would unite me with my husband, unite me with my wife so that we can more accurately represent God's love for his people and his people's response to God. That you would see the issues you're having with your children and maybe some of you are parenting children who have walked away from the faith And you would see it not as something practical that you have to do. I need to knuckle down and I need to be nicer and I need to take them out. Yes, you may need to do some of those practical things, but it's more spiritual than it is practical. Lord, save my son. Save my daughter. Open up their eyes to their need for you. Disunity in your home holiday season is coming up. Spending time with family members who you maybe haven't talked to in a while and there is drama. Come on, somebody. Someone say amen if you got drama in the household. Come on, somebody. Drama. And you know in light of all that's gone on this year, there's only more potential for more drama. Come on. But you don't see that as, okay, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut or I'm not going to go this year. But you see it as spiritual warfare. Lord, unite my family. Lord, help me to forgive as you've forgiven me. For those of you who struggle with addiction to substances, that it wouldn't be something that I just pick myself up by my own bootstraps, but I see it as war. Heavenly Father God, in only the way that you can, set me free set my mom free set my child free set my cousin free from that addiction it is spiritual warfare and when I have seen my life even right now as I'm preaching it is not as much about an exchange of human words hitting human ears but I am praying this whole time Lord speak Lord, say what you want to be said in a way that I could never say it. You've got to do it, God. Can you see how, wrapping this up, awareness of God's attributes, appreciation for God's goodness, awareness of the war, we can pray without ceasing. Do you see yourself waking up in the morning? I praise you because you are. I praise you because you are. I thank you because you have. I thank you because you have. I need you because I can't. I can't do it, Lord. I can't do it, Lord. I need you. I need you to unify me at home. I need you to comfort me in my singleness. I need you to help me with my anxiety. Lord, I cannot do this without you. And I think if we were aware of these things, we could find ourselves praying more often. I put the sermon in a sentence. How can we? How can we follow the New Testament command? The takeaway is simply this. You will pray more frequently when you praise God for all that he is, thank God for all that he's done, 
and petition God for all that you're incapable of. Praise God for all that he is. Thank God for all that he's done and petition God for all that you're incapable of. And one thing that we were all incapable of is making ourselves right with God. Something we could have never done in our own strength. How many of you are thankful that our relationship with the Lord isn't dependent upon, our standing with God, uh, our righteousness isn't dependent upon how frequently we pray. But our righteousness is given to us in the person of Jesus Christ. And because our righteousness is given to us through the person of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, resurrection, him taking our sin, us receiving his righteousness, now, regardless of the fact that we still struggle to pray as frequently as we ought to, we could boldly approach the throne of grace because in Christ we are right with God. You are right with God right now. Yeah, this, this one young lady here, she's clapping. I think more people should have clapped at the great truth that you are right with God in the person of Jesus Christ. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So yeah, maybe you haven't been praising God for who he is. Yeah, maybe the mundane hasn't been a miracle to you like it ought to be. Maybe you haven't been seeing the circumstance in your, is in your life as spiritual warfare. Well, Jesus died for all of that. Jesus died for all of that. And so you can be, through the person of Jesus Christ, be forgiven for all the ways in which we've fallen short as it relates to our prayer life. And then out of the awe and gratitude of what God has done for us in Christ, we could go at this prayer thing again. We could go at it again. And so that's what I want to do tonight. I just want to lead us as we close in a time of prayer. And these are three prayers that I want to encourage us to pray. Three prayers that you could take home with you. Help you pray without ceasing in a greater way. Three ways, like Isaiah said, my mind is stayed on you. It could be true that our minds could be stayed on him more often than not, praying without ceasing. How would your world be changed if your mind was stayed on him in all of these ways? How would your kids be impacted to grow up in a home? My home was a house of prayer. I saw mommy and daddy pray all the time. They were praying. How could your coworkers be impacted if they, man, that's a praying woman, that's a praying man. How could Hope Church continue to have the influence that it's having here in Vegas and all over the world if it continued to prioritize becoming a house of prayer for all the nations? Would you stand with me? And just for a few moments, and hopefully, you know, all the masks are on, but I just, let's just go up to God in prayer. 
Let's just go up to God in prayer. For those of you watching online, I want to encourage you, join on in, in the comfort of your own home. Maybe you should stand. God is worthy. And we're just going to start at the bottom of these prayers and work our way up to praise. God's ear is not deaf. His arm is not short. You were made for this, friends. You were made not to... Just get stuff from God or have God help you along the way, but to worship him through prayer. And so the best way you know how, would you just begin to pray prayers of need? Wherever there is warfare in your life, spiritual warfare, maybe you haven't seen it as such, but you would say, I need you, Lord, in my marriage because I can't. I need you with helping me to parent my child because I can't. I need you to free me from the way that I've been sinned against. God, I need you to heal me from the anxiousness and the worry and the depression. God, I need you. Yes, there are practical steps that I could take, but Lord, I need you. Would you... In faith, just pray, I need you all over this room. We need you, God. We need you, God. Help us to be patient, Lord. Help us to be patient with the people who see things politically different from us. We need you, God. Help us when we see those posts on social media. Everything in us wants to snap back, wants to get in the flesh. God, we need you, God living peaceably with all men. This is spiritual warfare. Help us, Lord. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. And we trust you to answer these prayers because you've done it before. You've provided before, so the best way you know how, would you just thank God? Thank God for the way he did come through. Thank God for the way he did restore that relationship. I know you could do it again because you did it before. I thank you, God, for the way you did provide for me financially. You did send that check out of nowhere that time. So I trust that you could do it again. I know that you could do it again. You set me free from that addiction, so I know you can set me free from this one. I thank you, God, for your faithfulness in my life. I thank you, God, for your faithfulness in my life. just want to give you just a couple more moments, specific things you thank God for, specific names. I praise you, God. I thank you, Lord, for Vance Pittman, Hope Church in Las Vegas. Thank you, God, for how you've used this church. Would you just take a few moments to thank God for your church family? for the beautiful, multicultural, multi-generational, multi-ethnic family that this is. Would you thank God for this? We're not entitled to this, Lord. It's your grace. Now would you just praise God, the favorite attributes that you have, His holiness, His infinitude his graciousness 
his mercy. Lord, we thank you that you're loving. We thank you that you're forgiving, Lord. Thank you that you're kind. Lord, would you, by the power of your spirit, help us in our times of prayer to spend more time praising you for who you are rather than asking you for what we want. And lastly, would you just praise God for Jesus? We praise you, Lord, for Jesus, our substitute, our redeemer, our soon and coming king. You are worthy, God, for salvation found in no one else but the name of Jesus. We thank you that we could be made right with you, Lord. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for Jesus. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this church. I thank you for this time that we were able to spend together this weekend. Lord, continue to make this house a house of prayer for all the nations. Do this by the power of your spirit, Lord. We love you, we thank you, and we continue to worship you now. In Jesus' name, amen.